0: We're in the, the last week of a, a series entitled Envisioning a New Day, and this series has been about looking at truth, things that, that God would have us to have as a, a, to be a part of our lives, and then to, to see how that can then unfold in, in the days, the weeks, the months, the years ahead of us. And we started out by looking at being united in His Word and in His Spirit about what that would look like as followers of Jesus t- to be more in union with his spirit and his word as we lived our lives from day to day and also together. What that means and what that looks like. An awesome power that comes out of that in the living of our lives. You know, I just want to stop and think about it. I'm not going to go preach that whole sermon again, but that's the best life ever being who God created, redeemed, gifted, and called us to be. The reason that we suck air, that we live life as flesh and blood. And God had a a plan, a design for our lives. And when we're living that out, it's the best life ever. So united with his word and spirit as, as partners in the gospel. That was week two. Think about what that means, to be a partner in the gospel, the worth that you have to God. The, the fact that he allows you to be a part of his plans has things for you to do that, that aren't just nilly-willy things, but things that last forever. Changes the landscape of eternity. Think about it. That's pretty bold, pretty powerful. And that's true for us as individual followers of Jesus, but also as the body of Christ. And sometimes we, we, we get a little confused about that, right? Because we think that this thing called church and worship is about us. It's not. It's about him. And he gives us the privilege to be partners in the gospel, to proclaim his word and truth, to live it as salt and light. And so we spent time looking at that truth out of Philippians 1, and then the next week related to that, what it means to be equipped and empowered as a partner in the gospel. To to think about that in terms of who it is that we're being and who we really are and what God desires for us. He desires us to be equipped and empowered. To know how it is that he he knit us together, the gifts that he gave us to use for his glory and his honor, to be salt and light. And then to take those gifts and and, and to work on them, to be equipped and empowered to serve, to be better and better. And use the illustration of a sports team. When everybody knows their, their role or their place, their giftedness, what it is that they bring to the table, and that thing called chemistry. And everybody is buying in, and, and, and it just becomes a steamroller, right? I've seen it in sports, I've seen it in organizations, and I've seen it in the church. When that happens, and that's Ephesians 4, we looked at verses 11 to 16. When each part doesn't work, it's work. When everybody is just being who it is that God created them to be, it's a beautiful thing. And when people are being who God created, created a redeemed gift, and called them to be in life. It's a beautiful thing. Equipped and empowered. And we, we've made an intentional effort here as part of our vision and, and mission plan for everybody to know their gifts, for everybody to be engaged as partners in the gospel with people who are equipped and empowered. And today, um, we're focusing on the last part. And so you take all those three things and, and you think about results Today, we're thinking about envisioning a new day in terms of an essential and an ongoing impact. So so what, what it might mean if we're united in His Word and Spirit, we're functioning as partners of the gospel, and we're equipped and empowered, what will happen? And so I want you to start to think about that for your life as we think about an ongoing and essential harvest, impact, so, so just to start, think about um, this being true for you. So here you are, a person, human being, and everywhere you go, everywhere you go, there's this, there's this basket that's attached to your side. Maybe you got like the belt loop thing, I don't know, but it's there, and it's your spiritual fruit basket. And every day you walk and you go throughout the day, maybe you look down into the, basket, maybe not, but then you you take a look at it at the end of the day and you see what's in there. And then you do the same thing the next day and the next day. How full does your basket get? Open up your hearts and listen to this word and truth. Um, It's actually a passage that we looked at a month ago, John 15. And it speaks about um, the the series was um, what's new with you. And so there's going to be some similarities here. But this is this morning we're going to look at some of the how-tos, three things that God shares in this passage that are important about essential and ongoing impact and harvest. So open up your hearts to the truth. John 15 verses one to eight and verse 16. Powerful stuff. Listen to Jesus. "I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit." If anyone does not remain in me, they're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Since branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain, and you ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is the word of God when it be written in our hearts and in our lives. So, so I mentioned um, three things that we're gonna look at from this passage that, that has to do with bearing fruit. Things that we can think about, things that we can wonder about, things that hopefully we can envision as we we look to the future, maybe implementing more and more in our hearts and in our lives. And the first one comes out of verse 2. It's about pruning. And so I, 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 um, I ask around, and if you are somebody who has fruit trees and you prune and you're really good at, sorry, I didn't know, who you were, or maybe you're very glad because I'd be having you stand up here and help everybody explain uh, and explain what what, what good pruning is. Um, Instead, I got a video clip, and this is a British gal, and she's going to speak about pruning trees. And so I want you to think about this and think about your spiritual life, your walk, your life right now, and how it might apply. Listen to what she has to say about pruning an apple tree.
1: the right time of year to be pruning your fruit trees. By fruit trees, I mean apple trees like this one and pear trees. Don't try to prune your stone fruit in winter, think like cherries and plums, because if you do so, you risk introducing disease. Now, I'm going to start with all the really obvious stuff. There aren't any dead branches here, but if there were, I'd be cutting them right out first. And then also, anything like this. These are spindly branches that are obviously growing into the centre of the tree really don't want any of those at all. You want a nice, clear, open centre so that there's lots of air circulation in the centre of the tree and that reduces the risk of fungal diseases. So I'm going to take all of these right out. Right, now the next job is to take back about a third of last year's new growth. Here, for example, you can see There's lots and lots of new, upright, twiggy growth. All of this needs shortening by about a third. Now you cut back always to an outer facing bud and just keep going all the way round so that you've shortened all of these long stems. What this does, is to encourage the tree to produce fruit rather than more long, twiggy growth. Now, as I go round, I'm also keeping an eye out for any diseased-looking growth, like this, for example, which is showing some signs of canker. This kind of thing you want to remove altogether because as soon as you leave it in here, this kind of thing can spread to other healthy branches and then you've got a bit of a problem. One final job and that's to take a look at the density of your fruiting spurs. Now you can always tell fruiting spurs from other types of buds, because as you can see fruiting spurs are these little knobbly bits. The buds are very close together. Very very different from something like this Now this is where the leaves are going to be. You can tell that the buds are further spaced apart. They're also rather pointy by comparison. Now when I look at my fruiting spurs here, you can see that there's an awful lot of them on this branch. That's not ideal because that's a lot of apples for this particular branch to take. Now the ideal spacing for fruiting spurs is four to six inches apart. So what I'm gonna do here is thin them out just a little bit by snipping out this one in the middle To leave a little bit more space between the two either side and that's it just have to wait until it produces its lovely crop of apples this summer
0: so what did you learn did you catch some of the things that were going on there did you relate it to your life and she, she started out speaking about things that are obvious she talked about dead branches verse 2 he cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes every branch that doesn't bear fruit um, um what would that be so th- those branches that that clearly ha- have no spiritual fruit on them she she pruned off some diseased ones because of the fact that they might spread and they might spread to the whole tree right so snip snip off those go so, so those are things that are obvious i think and as we look at our lives and we think about it we know that that really god doesn't desire a, a, as the gardener as the one who's molding and shaping us for any of those things to exist in our lives right I, I think that's an obvious thing if i were to ask you do you think that it's good that you have bad things in your life things that are disobedient things that are apart from the will of god your answer would be no of course not some obvious things but but then it gets a little harder this pruning part and i want to submit to you that that pruning our lives in terms of being fruitful for jesus christ for god is hard did you see she had snippers chop chop that can be painful right yeah it can be And when you move past the the obvious stuff, the bad things, the disease things, I think that's when it gets a little harder. That's when it's a little bit more painful, if you will. Because it involved branches, did you see that? That were going to bear fruit. Branches that were good. You did that two different times. Talking about going around the whole tree and trimming off the extra parts. And then when you got down to the small branches and spurs and and how it would be weighted and be able to best produce and keep the fruit that was necessary to have an incredible harvest. And that's where I think it gets difficult for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Because is this not true? God is blessing us with a lot of good things. But, But there's a saying that I have about the good and I think about it every time I read this passage and I think about pruning, and that is that the worst enemy of the best is the good. Then a lot of the times, the things that, that keep us from, from being who it is that God desires us to be are good things. You see, and it's really hard sometimes, right? Because, because we have a lot of good things in our life. One of the things, when I have conversations with people, I hear about what's going on in their life, it's great, it's amazing. All these different things. There's this that they're participating in, and there's this that's going on, and there's that, and it's all good, it's great, it's wonderful. But sometimes the good gets in the way of the best. And that's a question that we all have to ask ourselves. We've got that little basket, and we're going through our good lives and the things that God's blessing us with, and then we can look after a a, a day or a week, and we can look into that basket and say, so where's the spiritual fruit? Out of the things that I did, what created a harvest? And then the difference, again, remember, spiritual fruit, we talked about this, it's it's about the lasting, eternal things that happen in our lives. The things that are for God's glory, the things that are going to go past beyond our lifetime, there's nobody that I've ever talked to that ever said, you know what, I want to waste my life. Is that true for you? No. P- people want their life to matter. I-, I think that's something that young people got a better handle on in terms of what that might mean or what that might look like. I'm not saying they're doing a better job at it. I'm just saying I think they grasp the significance of that. So so how about you? Do you want your life to matter I know for guys, this whole legacy thing is important. Wanting well, to accomplish, achieve. Nothing better than a basket full of spiritual fruit. Because at the end of the day, someday, a lot of the things that we thought were good and great about our lives aren't going to matter. Let's just be honest. See, this is hard. Honesty, introspection, taking a look. And how we spend our time. Th- th- that can be really difficult if we're being honest about what it means to be salt and light, about what it means to live the best life ever. When we think about pruning, an essential part of bearing much fruit, not just a little fruit, much fruit, and that's God's desire. You read that all through this passage. Time. You realize every single one of us that are here have on this day, from 12 a.m. till 12 p.m., 1,440 minutes. Some of that's going to involve sleep, sleep is a great thing. And I would submit, too, if you're not getting enough sleep, that that does impact your fruit bearing, just the way that it is. But waking hours, time that you spend, everybody in that, that that's different. Some, some of you are, are those people that, you know, shoot, shoot me a text at 6 a.m. and say, hi! And I'm like, okay. going to hit the, oh. so you maybe have a few more minutes but we all have time. What are we using it for? So I want you to think about that. Because I hear repeatedly, when we talk and we look at things, I'm busy. I know. I don't have the time. So we all have time. Just how are we spending it? really something to think about i know this is hard i'm just being honest and that's the pruning piece figuring it out looking at your tree where's the long branches that really are just waving around and they are good they're not doing anything bad but that maybe could be snipped off where's their fruit that could be more and that's a hard thing for a church to do taking good things and and maybe snipping them off so that you can do the best things. It's not easy. But it's an important part of envisioning a new day, an impact that's even better, greater, for the great Lord our God. That's what it's all about. You know, last last year, and we're right on the cusp of the Easter season, it's gonna start um, in just a, this week, so last year I was thinking about um, Lent, and, and maybe you've done this, Lent is a time when it starts with Fat Tuesday, right, and so where people splurge, I'm not so sure I like that idea, but the whole thing is, how can I give something up for God? And, and unfortunately, it's gotten to the point where um, it, it's kind of become at some level, in some ways, a little bit irrelevant, because people give up things that have nothing to do with God right? So the, the whole purpose, if you want to think about this in terms of spiritually for Lent and, and sacrifice and doing something that will Im, Im, improve your life, think about it spiritually, that's the whole intent, is, is what can I do for the Lord that would help me in my walk with Him? And so I was thinking about that last year, and here's, here's what I did. Um, I started thinking about this thing, and I started to... Um, play a a game that's called Wordscapes. Has anybody ever heard of it? Yeah, it's a a really fun game. And I still have the app on my phone. It's right there. But I haven't played it in a very long time. Because I started thinking about it. Now, is Wordscapes a bad thing? No. Are some of the games that you play good? Sure. Not a bad thing. (laughs) But I started thinking about it. And and right about this time, I actually got it already, I'd get a little notification on my phone that shows how much screen time I had and how much time I spent on my phone. And and I started to realize that I was spending, because it was just mindless thing, it was a really good thing for me just to shut down. I was playing wordscapes an awful lot. So I decided part of the pruning for me would be to give it up but with the intention of taking the time that I was playing wordscapes, and so I I did the math, I divided it all out, spending that much more time in my devotions and praying. I I haven't done as well as I would have liked on that, but I spent a whole lot more time with God over the past year. Tried to be really good about whatever it was that i was doing spending playing wordscapes putting that time into prayer a good thing just something that i needed to work on that was a pruning for me snip snip and so again was that a bad thing no not at all but i'm just sharing that to help you to to think about your walk what would that look like what would that mean in terms of producing more fruit in the pruning process. That's the first thing that that God brings and speaks about in terms of spiritual fruit. The other one, and this is where we get into a little bit of repetition from, from just a month ago, has to do with remaining. So you're thinking about pruning, and then you're thinking about remaining. Any and all fruit comes from Jesus Christ, God in us, and this is all throughout the passage so so verse 4 remain in me and i'll remain in you no branch can bear fruit by itself nobody can bear spiritual fruit without the presence of jesus christ in their heart and in their life and of course then the corollary is the more remaining the more fruit right that's true Here's what I'd like you to do if any, if any of you garden, or, or maybe you want to do it with something else. Maybe you got a, a, a lawn that is your pride and joy. It's just a great thing. It's green. You could, you know, like sleep on it, all that other stuff. So here's what I, so a garden, whatever it is, do this. Take half of it and do everything that you need to do. So you, you fertilize it, you weed it, you do whatever else, and leave the other half go and see what happens. I guarantee you'll see a difference. See, the more that you, that you remain in Jesus Christ, the more that you water, let your relationship be watered, fertilized, weeded, the more fruit that you're going to get. It's a very simple truth and reality. And that's what's being spoken of all throughout this passage. You want to bear much fruit. And again, it's much fruit, it's not a little fruit. I, I think about that a lot and what difference that looks like and i remember going out out to my garden i think about that much 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 fruit and so i was really happy when i couldn't carry everything in maybe i had a basket i had to make a second trip and i think about that little spiritual basket on the side of us isn't it wouldn't it be cool if at the end of every single day if you can envision what your basket is like you walk you get done with the day and you're like holy cow i could barely walk anymore and you dump that baby out and then you start off fresh the next day wouldn't that be awesome or or this which, which would be better? You, you go a whole week, and you only got a couple berries in your bucket. I, I know that when you pick strawberries, if you go down a row and you've only got a few, you're like, I'm going to do another row. Be, because we enjoy fruit, it's a great thing, it's a blessing, and that's something that God wants in our lives. Much fruit, not just a little, much. For his glory, for his honor, and remaining in him is really, really important. And there's something I want to, I want to share about that. When, when I look at this and I think about remaining and I'm soaking that all up and, and what that means, I, I thought about moments and times in my life where that was, that was very true and, and demonstrated. And, and I'd like to say that, I, you know, that was true all of the time. Not. In, in one such time, I was out at the end of my driveway and this is when I was in, in Fremont, and, and the drifts were huge. We, we had, you know, more than once, we had six foot high drifts that were six foot wide. I'd go out there and just about like, you gotta be kidding me, God. So, speaking of, let me see, what's that one thing I can praise you for right now? A snowblower, that's right. Um, I was out there one day, and it was a really bad storm. In our road, we could look, I could look and see in about, about 300 yards. Um, there was an intersection, and our our road was completely drifted over, and it was worse right at the end of my driveway. And I see a car coming up and approaching the intersection. And I've already been into the whole snow clearing thing, and again, I I, I apologize to all you winter people. I do not like snow. And I'm out there, and I'm doing whatever i got to do. And here comes this car. So I stop, and I look at it, and I think, "I, I can't believe it he might be thinking about coming down this road. And I'll be honest, you know what I thought? I said, that guy is an idiot if he keeps coming. What happens? He slows up. He slows up to the intersection. He's looking, because that road is plowed, by the way. Ours is not. And what does he do? He hits the gas.
2: Brrr,
0: starts going down the road. And I'm just waiting. I'm just standing there like, just wait, Just waiting. Sure enough, right in front of me, he gets stuck. I'm not kidding. I mean, right in front of me. Comes to a complete stop. I see it coming. He's going down the road. He's fishtailing. He goes slower, slower, and then he stops right in front of me. He has to push his door open. He gets out. I'm just standing there looking at him. And you know what I'm thinking? And I'm praying too, by the way. I thought about going inside the house, but I didn't. He gets out, looks around, then he looks at me. And I said, oh, I'll come and help you. And so, dig him out. Part of my prayer was, you know, God, I really don't want to do this today. It has been a long week. I'm working on my own stupid driveway, and I just... Don't need this right now. Ever had a time like that? And yet I knew I had to help him. I wasn't very cheerful about it, I'll admit. We got him unstuck, got him turned around, got him in my driveway, cleared a little bit of a path for him to get going the other way, and that was my instructions. I said, you know, if you go that way, it's going to get worse. You're never going to make it the next intersection. You might as well just turn around, go through town, take the long way because it will be the short way for you today. And so we get him turned around, get him ready. And he turns and he looks at me and he says, and so I'm praying about this the whole time and and how um, I just wasn't liking it and having that battle going on inside of my head and my heart. And there's a point to all of this. And so when he gets free and before he gets in his car to take off, he says, how much do I owe you? And I said, nothing. I said, I have to tell you this. I said, I didn't want to help you. But I had to. I said, God was speaking to me. And uh, he said, thanks, thanks. I said, no, don't thank me. Thank God. Because I had nothing to do with it. If it were up to me, I'd be in my house right now. And he, he didn't expect that. And he thought for a minute. And I said, so if you're going to thank anybody, thank him. He stopped. The wheels were turning. And he said, you know, that's something that I need to do a little bit more in my life. Got in his car and he drove away. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, there are times when we maybe don't feel like bearing fruit or we have an opportunity to do something, and it can be a good thing. What separates it from being a spiritual thing? The presence of Jesus Christ. The presence of Jesus Christ, acknowledging God and giving Him the glory. Good things are not bad. But if that's all we fill our lives with, we have an empty basket. And God just wants you to think about it. That's why He shares this truth. Spiritual fruit, what does that look like? What does that mean? I don't know. What does it mean for you? Remaining in him to bear much fruit. So, so powerful. The third um, part is this. So thinking about pruning, what does that look like? What does that mean? What does it look like in terms of remaining and, and having spiritual fruit in our lives versus just good things? Because an apple's an apple, and a pear's a pear. A good thing's a good thing, and spiritual fruit is spiritual fruit. Last one is asking. And and that's all throughout this passage. Verse 7 says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. You notice the connection to remaining there. See, we ask for all of the wrong things when we're not remaining. We ask for good things, not necessarily spiritual things. And God wants us to remain, so we ask for things in his name. And then this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be much fruit. He wants us to ask. and So I want you to think about that. And I want you to think about as you go through your week, maybe you can go back and you can look at last week, how many times did you ask God for something that was spiritual and that would be a part of fruit in your life? Just I'm not asking you that to make you feel guilty or bad. I'm just, just to process it, to think about it. And maybe you have examples and, and I, you know, things. That's great. That's wonderful. Envision what that might mean, in, in a greater sense, this coming week and the week after that. Faith has a huge part in all of this, to be sure, but, but just the mere asking piece and so I want to share with you just another thing that was kind of a game changer for me spiritually, and had been going on for a while, and it's this: it's the asking for opportunities. Because it's really easy, believe it or not, for me as I work and I go through and prepare for ministry. I spend a lot of time preparing for for meetings. I spent a lot of time preparing for this time. I could just sit in my office all day long and never do do anything with anybody else. Kind of, somewhat, it'd be really easy. And so, one of the things that I found I have to do and and work with church folks, people who know Jesus. And so, part of what I I, I decided I needed to do a long time ago was to ask for opportunities. And so, I, I pray every day or close to it to say, God. As I go throughout the day today, I want you to show me when I can be. I want you to give me an opportunity to give you glory, an opportunity to speak into something new, to fruit. I I want to tell you this. It it will be amazing because God will bring them if you're serious. And you start praying that way. You ask for opportunity. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to get them. I don't know how many. I don't know what that will look like. I don't know what that means. But if you're serious and you say, Lord, I want to bring you glory and honor in my life, I want to bear spiritual fruit for you, bring me the opportunities. Help me to see them, and then help me to have a heart to engage in them. If you do that, you're going to get them. So be careful and be ready. It is a powerful thing to be in the heart and the mind of Jesus Christ and asking him to, to bring you those opportunities to bear spiritual fruit and be mindful of what that means again not just to be a good person not just to do good things i would submit to you again it's the greatest deception ever spun by satan about what it means to be a follower of jesus they're great they're wonderful but they're not spiritual fruit what does that look like what does that mean so asking and asking for much fruit I don't know about you i still put god in a box i put limits on who it is that he is and what it is that he can do to my shame and discredit i serve a god that has power beyond my imagination i can't even comprehend can you think about the world being created can can you think about your own body and how it functions all of those things god is amazing we need to ask them to do amazing things in our heart, in our life, and in our church. I want to close by looking at verse 16. This is so important because it hones it and brings it to a focus of you personally. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. And that, that's about grace. Grace. If you have the grace of Jesus in your heart, he chose you, and he appointed you. There's a reason why he gave you grace, to go and to bear fruit, fruit that will last. Fruit, much fruit. Every time I think about that, I'm humbled, and I get blown away. That God would use me for his purposes. Things that will be celebrated forever in heaven. That's what he's saying to you right now. I have chosen you. I reveal my grace to you. Because I love you and you have great worth to me. And I can't wait to see what you do with the time I give you each 1,440 minutes in a day to bring me honor and glory. It's going to be great. It's a powerful thing to think about. And that's why at Rehoboth we envision a new day. Why we created a vision and a mission plan because we believe that there's something greater and better in the future for us together as partners in the gospel, people who are equipped and empowered in His word. and we're trying to take step towards it. We're not going to do it perfectly, but that's where we're going to be walking. And as I think about all of the ministries and I think about all of the people involved in them and the spiritual fruit that they're bearing, it gives me goosebumps, because God is good. he's got so much, so much in front of us. I want to have you listen to a song. Maybe you know it. It's called What If by Matthew West. And it's going to be on the screen, the words. I want you to think about your life and your spiritual fruit. I, enough of me. Yeah. Listen to this song.
2: I can say that's how I am, but I've been lying, yeah Lying in my bed at night I want too many times I'm thinking, what if, what if My biggest fear is waking up to find what matters It's miles away from what I spent my life chasing after Is my story gonna have the same two words in every chapter? today.
0: not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Let's pray God. Lord God, I thank you. Thank you for each person here. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your presence. I thank you, O Lord, for the opportunities all around us all the time. Help us, O oh Lord, to live our lives to bear much fruit with no what ifs. We ask this, O oh Lord, as we love you. We're so thankful and grateful for your grace, the grace of Jesus. It creates a new day and a new beginning for everybody who asks Him into their heart, a new eternity. Lord, help us to use it for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen.